Powered by GoGoat Sports in partnership with TSN, it is episode 60, season four of the Rain Breaks Hockey Podcast, presented as always by our great title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. Lots to unpack from the Stanley Cup playoffs, including the first team eliminated in the Winnipeg Jets, eliminated last night the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights. Ray, we'll dive into what Rick Bonus said post-game, emotional, over-the-top. We'll get your thoughts on that in just a moment. But first, the Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, no one can be surprised by this. It wasn't complete colossal failure by Toronto in Game 5, other than they failed to clinch. They missed an opportunity. They lose 4-2 to the Lightning. Couldn't capitalize on their chances. Vasilevsky was good. Samsonov, pretty good. Let in maybe one bad goal. But, you know... What can you say to Leafs Nation to calm them? Because there's this building sort of, you know, kind of chorus of, oh, no, here we go again. Nothing, really. There's nothing to calm you at this point because the movie has been played before. And even though what happened last year is a zero predictor of what's going to happen now, it doesn't matter. It was right there. The fact it's the same team, again, makes it all the more fresh. I would say, Drake's the, the thing I'm most uh, baffled by is why these guys can't figure out as a group how to start with a little more vigor. Like really make a push early instead of this push late. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really interested in it because like these are not inexperienced guys anymore. Like you got to be done referring to the Leafs as young and inexperienced and all that. It's really somewhat surprising to me that as a team, they haven't been able to put together six, seven, eight, nine good shifts in a row to, to build a little momentum early. Now, yeah, I think one of the worst phrases in hockey is we've got to play a 60 minute game because you're not going to be able to do that. The other teams out there and they can play pretty well too, whoever it is, you're never going to dominate the game for 60 minutes. But at some point, you would like to think if you're a Toronto fan that they can take the game pace-wise to Tampa, and they just haven't done it for very much of this series. Now, they're ahead, so none of that really matters, but can they rev it up at the start of game six before Tampa locks into their game? Because if they do, it's going to be another slog. It's going to be another, another tough, tough game. Yeah, so, I mean, I was on the panel on TSN on Thursday with Marty Biron and Frankie Corrado. Frankie was kind of in line with my thinking on Michael Bunting for Game 5. You know, you just, you give that group the opportunity to clinch the series, which meant that Michael Bunting sits on the sidelines for a fourth game. Marty was of the opinion, no, 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 no. He's an effective player. He's a contributing player. Does he have some works and some risk? For sure, but he should have been in the lineup for game five. Which side are you on that? And, I mean, it seems pretty obvious, isn't it, that Bunting will be in game six? Well, start for game six, yes. I, I don't think there's any question he's in. My only question of putting him in for game five was not breaking up a winning lineup because you would be taking out one of your fourth line guys. Like It's not like you're jumbling up your top six or something like that. My question would be, how much do you trust his discipline? Because you know, every scrum, if you're a Tampa Bay guy, you're going to poke yeah, him right in the nose. Going in him. I, yeah. If I'm playing Michael Bunting in game six, if I'm, for ta- if I'm playing on Tampa, 
Every time I get near them, I give them a little tickle on the back of the legs with a slash. I go behind them. I give them a little elbow to the kidneys. I mention to them, oh, you're, you're rested. What have you been doing for the last three games? Geez, these guys really missed you. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. right at him all the time. Just thinking, what if he snaps and takes an undisciplined penalty? Yeah. And that would be my concern from the Maple Leafs side. Now, that's up to the coaches to decide. You talk to them, you lock in on that one point. Nothing else. Can I trust you? Can these other 17 skaters and two goalies trust you if I put you back in the lineup? Like you put it squarely on him. The reason I would have played him in in game five is if you run into a point in the game where your team's not playing well, you now have another option. And as it turned out, maybe they could have used him in the middle portion of the game in a different role because I would have started him on the fourth line. But maybe you put him a shift here, you move him over here, you move Nylander somewhere. Maybe you spark something by having another option in your lineup. So I mm. I think for sure, Drake, he's, I'd be shocked if he's not in for game six. Yeah. Would you do 11 and seven? Yes. Um, you would, eh? Okay. And the reason I say yeah. that is if they feel they need Justin Hall so badly to penalty kill, like if they feel that's an essential part of a penalty kill against the, what can be a really dangerous Tampa power play, but you should be uneasy about him at five on five. He's been on for almost every, well, he's been off for what? 65% of the goals against. No, higher than that. I think 75. Oh my gosh. It's, you know, it's, so you would have pause about playing him at five on five. So Mm. why wouldn't you look at that? The, The reason you wouldn't, I guess, as I'm talking both sides of the coin is you haven't done it. Right. But you're clearly going to, if you do that, you take out, okay, so here's another thing as we talk through this. So say you do go to 11-7. That means Lilligren comes in, Hall stays in. Yeah. You're going to bring Bunting in. That means two guys come out of the lineup up front. Yeah. So now yeah. you start to churn the lineup a little bit. And that always makes coaches uneasy. But that also means your your fourth line is going to have either Marner or Nylander or O'Reilly or Matthews going yeah. out with it. It's not like you're taking a step back. You're going to have bunting in there with whomever fits in your rotation. Somebody's going to get extra minutes. Do you lose by taking out Lafferty or Aston Reese? I don't think so. I don't either, but that's a, that's a big churn when you're this close yeah. to to wrap in a series up, but I, but I would, re- man, I would really, really dig into this. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes, from results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out of home, and everything in between. They have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. Winnipeg Jets, Ray eliminated in five, defeated by the Vegas Golden Knights. Rick Bonus was steaming post-game. And you get it, right? I mean, it's emotional. You're mere minutes from being eliminated season over all of that. Uh, so you got that, and he, he acknowledged 
basically as soon as he got to the microphone, look, this is going to be short. But he said post-game, quote, he's disappointed and disgusted, uh, said there was no pushback, same crap as back in February, and then acknowledged that he didn't see his team, his players, his best players playing with any source of pride. I'm a, like, I was surprised, not at the emotion, but how quick he was to go after those top players, you know, because... You do have to recognize, okay, Josh Morrissey hasn't been in the lineup because of injury. Mark Shifley, not in the lineup, unavailable because of injury. Nick Ehlers played the first game of the series last night. I mean, he was a shell of the player that he normally is, probably because he's not ready. So do we write this off as a motion of a head coach? Or is there more to this, and should we expect nothing but change in Winnipeg in the weeks ahead? I, I select option B. Okay. First of all, there has to be change. And I'll tell you the simplest form. You cannot have Rick Bonus coach the same players after that press conference. Mm. So there is change. It's either the coach or the players. But the same collection cannot come back. In Winnipeg, it's felt like they've needed to turn the ball over there for at least a summer and a half. It's, it's felt like it. But they've, they've got good players. That's the problem. How do you turn it over without going backwards? Well, now they get into a season where Hellebuck, Shifley, Dubois, I'm not sure if I'm missing anyone, they're all in the last year of their contract. How, how could you come back with the same team? Like, you're going to walk those guys into their free agency year? Not going to happen. This is a uh, Kevin Chevel Dayoffs made to my recollection, and you you correct me, Drades, if I if I miss out here. Mm-hmm. One real like huge swing trade, and that was the Line A Dubois trade for Dubois. Yeah, most of his trades are really measured. They're you know they've got a vision for what they've been able to build in Winnipeg. I think that has to change. The reason is that it feels like. You know, we say all the time, a coach only has so much road with the team. It feels like that lineup has gone far enough down the road. They've shown that this is, they're at, they're in a cul-de-sac now. They're going back the other way. And for me, the, the, the only real option is change. Well, it seems predictable. There's no doubt about that. And you can imagine the back and forth now, media wise, between Montreal and Winnipeg, specific to Pierre Luc Dubois. (laughs) Like I did Montreal radio this morning. The speculation is already amping up and, you know, you try and squash it a little bit. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois has given this plenty of thought, probably not a lot recently and certainly hasn't made any decision as to what he sees his future looking like. But one of the many stories and I'm with you, man. Well, here's it. Here's another one of that. So Dubois seems to me almost certainly gone, right? Like that, that seems like, you know, that, that's just the way it's going to go. What kind of offers would the Jets receive on Connor Hellebuck? Oof, substantial. Right. You'd get a goalie back in the deal. Yeah. Right. You'd get somebody back in the deal to play gold for you. But you could almost, if they decide to move Dubois, Hellebuck, and then, you know, Shifley would be the third, you're not talking about. Like you don't have to be terrible. 
you, you're going to, you could bring back significant assets in those deals if that's what they decide yeah. to do. And I wonder though, if so, you know, Hellebuck loves Winnipeg uh, in, in the sense that he embraces the, the community, likes to ice fish, he, he lives a life in Winnipeg, but he wants to win right. as much or more than anybody else. So if, if Pierre-Luc Dubois goes and you decide as an organization, okay, well, we're losing one big center, you know, let's throw Mark Scheifling into the market. Well, guess what? Hellebuck's arm is in the air going, well, I'm not Devon White here. I'm not the last man standing. Mm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not here for a renovation or a rebel. I just, you know, without stirring up enough nonsense, it's just, it's one of the most compelling stories, two of them in Canada, right? We've talked a lot about what may or may not happen in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Well, some of that has already begun with, you know, Brad Trilliving walking away. So Winnipeg, it's going to be busy and there's going to be a lot of heavy. Yeah. Lines. One thing, I, one thing to add here, that comment didn't just come out of last night's loss for Rick Bonus. No. That thing's no. been in his coffee since February. <laughs> Boy. All right, let's quickly tour some of the other series. You did the game last night, the Devils and the New York Rangers. And I want to revisit that comment from Jack Hughes earlier in the year when they had won a bunch of games in a row. And he's talking about, well, we're on a heater. Well, they're on a heater again in postseason fashion with three straight wins. What are you not seeing in the New York Rangers? Or is this more about what the New Jersey Devils now are doing? Almost never is it one thing. It's all we, we like to pin it to one thing, but it's a combination of several things. I'm going to start with the devils. I thought when way back with Shanahan summit or whatever the hell you want to call it, when the rules changed, I thought offense was going to go up because of the increased speed. What I missed Dregs was how much of a defensive weapon speed could be. Mm. I missed it. Okay. The devils played the game offensively this year with speed. And they kind of played defense. They kind of sort of did. In the regular season, they averaged about 19 hits a game. Right now, it's close to 40. Wow. Signif- significant, right? Yeah. They, they play, when they don't have the puck, they settle into this 1-2-2 two, two in the middle zone, and they're fast. And the reason I bring those things up is one of the problems the Rangers have is they're not fast. Mm-hmm. Kane is not fast. Tarasenko is not fast. Panarin is not fast. They're all exceptional players, but they're not fast. So they can't spread the game out. I had in a a vision that the Devils wanted the game messy and transition up and down. Really, the Rangers need a little bit of that. So their their offensive creative guys can make a difference. I thought Mm. Zibanejad was awesome in the first period yesterday. Then all of a sudden, they give up a power play goal, a shorthanded goal, and game's over. It's 3 nothing. Yeah. Chris Kreider's tipped four pucks in the net and had one shot in game three. Nothing in game four, nothing in game five. The guy is a monster. He can change a portion of the game if he uses his body, like to get in physically yeah. on a four check. Yeah. He just has not and does not really do it a lot. The Devils are small up front. They're enormous on the blue line. They are big. Kevin Ball is an eclipse back there. <laughs> like he skated by me a couple times last night. I'm like, look at the size of this guy. It's like a shadow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he was really good. Really good last night. 
John Marino goes out there, does the same thing every night for 23 minutes. Unless you look for him, you never notice him. But man, he's, he's yeah. just good. So all those things go on and you got this goalie now that's building this aura around him. He had 22 saves last night. It's not like he made 40. The Rangers in game three had 36 shots. Then they had, let me check here, they had 23 in game four, 22 last night. Like the Devils have checked them into a standstill. And I'll tell you, if they, if the Rangers go out in this first round, look out. Oh, I'm with you. There, there's another team yeah. we can throw into that pile we've oh, just boy. been talking about. No question about that. And and anything is possible. I mean, they'll they'll address the roster issues, but you know, we could be talking about coaching. We could be talking about just about anything there. All right. Uh, let's wrap up headlines with hot on Boston, Florida in the Carolina ser- series. You've got Freddie Anderson coming in for the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Florida Panthers. I mean, did Matthew Kachuk's overtime winner breathe? more life into what the Panthers might be able to provide or did it just prolong the inevitable? For me, it prolonged the inevitable. The Bruins don't have a three-game losing streak in months, which is what's going to have to happen. I got to tell you, though, I got to hand it to Florida because they're overmatched just about everywhere. But man, they have stuck their nose in this series, in particular mm-hmm. in Boston. Uh, man, they've done a they've done a really good job a really played a really hard game three times they had the lead in game five and three times boston tied it bobrovsky was awesome he was terrific and so if you're boston though now you're like it's a little yeah a little little crampy yeah a little crampy you go back to florida and you know it's the same thing as the leafs what what if you lose there now all the heat would be on like all of the heat would be on on boston in game seven Okay, Carolina, Islanders, Freddie, what do you see? Well, I I don't know. When's the last time he played? Like a playoff game? It's, like it's been, what, two, two years? years, I think. So, yeah. and there's always moments of jitter around Anderson. Yeah. I, I still think Carolina plays the same game as the Islanders. They just play it a little bit better. Like, that's what I think this is the end game of this. But, uh, you know, Carolina's running out of players, too. And, you know, if the, well, put it this way, whoever gets the lead's going to win in, in, in that series. That's like 10 years ago, playoff hockey. You get the lead, you pretty well lock it down. Those are your headlines. All right. Time to check in with Chris Abbott, a presentation of Botano.ca now available in Ontario. Botano reminds us the game starts now. And as we're, Getting set in our pre-record preamble here on the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast. Very professional. I mean, we prepare, we talk about the segments deeply, before we get recording. Deeply, yeah, yeah. Deeply, yeah. Ray, Chris Abbott, had a heck of an idea, right? And we'll see if Botano.ca embraces this. But betting on lineup changes and the potential of the lineup change, which clearly morphs us over to Michael Bunting expected to play game six. And what about their defense with with Justin Hall playing as poorly as he did in game five? All of that sounds great in theory, but most coaches are most are willing to, you know, kind of share that information beforehand. So it may not stay alive for you for long enough. I love that idea. And you're right. 
that news may come out today, may come out tomorrow. But I tell you what, Ray, when your contract is done with Mickey Mouse, you let me know, <laughs> and uh, we are gonna we get you on the team over here because that's a, mm-hmm. it's a great idea. And you know, with with the sports books, especially, and and all trying to differentiate themselves from each other, things like that are, hey, are phenomenal. He said one percent. I'm Ray's agent in this matter. There's no way one one point gets it done, Abs. You got to climb higher up. Well, but he, and, well, and here's the other problem. How long have we been doing this, Abs? A few years now, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah, my yeah. first good idea. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I, if I could be on the board for long. Well, and Dregs, I don't know if, if like 5% or 10% of 1% is going to do you very much as the agent there either. So. <laughs> well, we'll continue on with the negotiations as we sort through the lineups. I mean, let's go to Toronto, Tampa Bay. And I know you want to talk about New Jersey and New York because what a heck of a series that's been as well. Not sure how closely you watched it, Chris. Ray was otherwise tied up with that Devils-Rangers game. I actually felt like Toronto started strong, right? And that's clear with Morgan Riley scoring. Now, the problem was they gave up the time goal 25 seconds later. But automatically in the Toronto market, there's this feeling of angst because the Maple Leafs under the Matthews Arrow watch are 0 for 10 when it comes to winning, clinching series. Uh, So what's your feel on this series as we get ready for game six? I hope when they when they cut together the post production for this, they go back to my my product prediction of Game Seven with Tampa breaking the hearts in Toronto. I listen. I was at, you guys know that I bet on Tampa to win the series, so I actually bet on Toronto last night because I thought I'm not in good shape to win that Tampa. Bet. Yeah. So I better bet on the Leafs in Game bit. Five and Game Six, and if I can come out of this even or down just a little, I'm happy. So I was actually cheering for the Leafs last night, which might be part of the problem with what happened to the team. Cause I, I can mush anybody, by the way, <laughs> I do have a Rangers series bet <laughs> that I was chirping about after game two as well. You know, it's, it's curious though. I wonder how many people yesterday made the bet, which was nine to one for Tampa to come back and win the series this morning, plus three twenty five. Wow. Big time movement. Game six line is up. It's a pick them. So, you know, the books are the books have seen this play out before once or twice. They saw it play out last year. Yeah. Leafs up three to two going to Tampa. I think there's there's probably a lot of puckered butts um, <laughs> this morning because, you know, if they had to put it away last night, everyone could have taken a breath. And now it's it's whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah, I um, I look at, you know, the way the series is played out and what make me nervous about being really confident from a Toronto side is that they've been in outplayed for large portions of lots of the games. Mm -hmm. And it it seems like if there is a time Vasilevsky is going to lock in, it's now because he wasn't great early. No. And yet on the other hand, I go, man, like Tampa's got no players. Like how are they doing it? And there's Hmm. somewhere inside there's that old, you know, it's not the, it's not the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. And, and that's, to me, if I were looking at this now, I would be worried about leaning against Tampa only because of that. I'm talking about for game six, worry about game seven yeah, later. Yeah. But for game six, that would be my share. Mm. New Jersey and the New York Rangers, Chris, good action on that series, considering, you know, the devil's clawing back and winning three straight. So everyone who loses as a sports better says the book always knows the book always knows, right? Before the series, the Rangers were about a plus 120 underdog Mm -hmm. in the series. Everybody, this can't be, this can't be. They go out, they win game one and two. Wow, the line was so far off. 
And who knew a goaltending switch could do so much? And I'm sure there's more to it than that, Ray. I actually caught the end of the Devils game last night. I was listening to you talk about it and how they've changed and adapted their regular season style as the series has gone on. I thought it was an excellent point because we talked about it here, you know, whatever it is, a week and a half ago, Mm -hmm. how they did play a little loose, how there was so much you know, transition and, and quick and a little loose in the defensive zone sometimes. And I'm going to be honest, last time I saw Akira Schmid live was in Buffalo. He started, got lit up. Mm-hmm. So game three, I'm like betting the over, betting the Rangers. And the guys, you know, came in and he's been outstanding. So, I mean, you've had the best view of that mm-hmm. series. The Rangers are now an underdog again. And I mean, you, I've not seen momentum that the Devils had like this in a long time. I don't know how the Rangers slow it down. Okay, so here's the crazy part about thinking you know what's going on. So (laughs) I've been watching from five feet away for games three, four, and five. I'm telling you, it has to be an under in game six. It'll probably be seven, five, (laughs) right? Like there's, there's just so much randomness to this. And I think you've mentioned this before, Abs. It's like you collect the information you can and then you try to bet without your heart being involved. Like right. that's really all you can do because like what happens tomorrow if a couple of shots bounce off of people's feet and they go in the yeah. net and it's 2-2 after the first period. Sometimes the coaches can't find a way to slow the game down. 2-2 becomes 4-4 and it's nothing like what just happened. And you're like, how did that even happen? Hmm. And I think you've made that point before and it's, and it's a good one. I think you mentioned last night on the broadcast too, Ray, that the Rangers can't chase. Right. So winning the first period is imperative for them, right? Maybe that's the play. Maybe you bet Rangers first period knowing that that is their ultimate goal and they'll take care of the rest as they can as they go forward. Chris, we'll let you go with this. So sandwiched between games, watching Leafs and Tampa Bay, watching Jersey and the Rangers, and then you've got the NFL draft, right? You know, squished right in there. And I, I'm an NFL fan, but... You don't have to get into specifics, but I was listening to guys in studio at TSN. You know, they're just caught up in all of this. But there's a there's a gambling attachment to all Ooh. of that in a big, big way. Like I've got excited there going, for a minute. Whoa. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? But that's real. Like that's legit when you're looking at some of these top picks and where they might go. Man, anything the NFL does gets so much attention, including the draft, including, you know, what pick guys are going to go at. So, you know, when we do the NHL, it's usually who will go number one overall. You might get who will go number two overall. How many Canadians in the first round? Yeah. Well, for the NFL, you name it. How many SEC schools? How many defensive players? How many offensive? You know, how many guys with the letter W in their name? Like, yeah, that's a, that's an exaggeration, but I'm sure you could find it if you wanted. It's like the Super Bowl. So anything these guys do, it's 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 betting heavy, and oh, yeah. and it's such a driver of all the media in the U.S. Right, so people want to get in on it. We had we had our props up. It kept our team busy yesterday, and. You know, we talk about hockey. It's a hockey podcast. We yeah. love it. We, you know, lots of people bet on the NHL. I haven't checked the numbers yet, but I would be shocked if there wasn't more placed on the NFL draft than the entire Stanley Cup playoffs last night. Wow. I'm not surprised just based on the conversation in studio. So, all right, buddy, have a great weekend. Get some relaxation done. Watch a little Blue Jays baseball and we'll check in next week. Absolutely. Alec Manoa on the hill tonight. Tay Oscar's return. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Cheers, boys. Ask Ray and Riggs anything. Fire your questions to us on Twitter and Instagram at Ray and Riggs. You can find us on the website, rayandriggs.com. And each week we uh, award a question asker or two of uh, some Ray and Riggs merchandise. 
Some Ray and Dreg's caps just arrived. Compliments of Chris Abbott and our good pals at Botano.ca. And they are snazzy. I see if you're following the YouTube channel, you've, I've, I've got the old, this is like the protege. I don't have the Botano stitching on the side yet, but you do. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and I see you go more flat brim. I like a little turn. I do too. I don't know. I didn't form this one very well. And, you know, you're, you know, flat brim. Ridiculous. I don't have flat brims. Yeah, for, I don't have uh, a head flat brims for, for the kids. Like, and Jeff O'Neill, who thinks he's a kid. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's see. Do you want to start with a fun question or do you want to start with a... No, no, we'll, we'll start with a good one. All right. From Twitter, Ryan Courtney, at Ryan P. Courtney. When a player gets benched in game, what's the communication like from the coaching staff? Do they address it right then? Do they maybe wait, do it during the intermission, maybe post-game? Do they just skip over when you're deploying, tell you later what happens? And I suppose it depends on what the circumstances that led to. Yeah, it does depend. But most of the time, you know, your line will be coming up and, you know, the coach will go A, B, and C. And you're like, oh, oh, that's me. And then you shuffle down towards the defense. And pretty soon the guy sitting to your next to you as a defenseman and you've been there yeah. for a bit and you're like and there's really nothing to say you you never get benched not knowing why you've been benched you would know and you spend yeah. while you're there watching the game and thinking the coach is the biggest ass i've ever known yeah oh you can build a hate on for a coach while you're <laughs> sitting there we're from brian on twitter this is a fun one Ray, how many career goals would you give up to have won the 1993 Stanley Cup? Oh, hundreds. <laughs> hundreds. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't give them all you know? back because then I wouldn't have been no. in the league. So I needed to score some <laughs> to get there. But, oh, man, uh, man, just just about anything. Like, to, I, I think it was that was really, that was really a great, picture for me to understand how hard it is to win because we got to the semis we lost four to one and then i realized we were one win over halfway home yeah man we needed seven more wins it's a long way felt like seven yes right i'm sure you go home and you're like i you know when you're in something you don't know it and i'm like oh my god i can't believe how tired i am can't believe how sore i am yeah it was yeah, so a, I'd say a couple hundred. Okay, uh, Instagram. And and this question is a bit dated because it was probably asked pre-series. From Ben, if if you had to suggest a first-round series going in to watch for a fan that is brand new to hockey, which series would it have been? And I guess maybe now that you've got four or five games under your belt, you know, it kind of lends itself to Well, I, I would uh, say a couple. Uh, okay. It, like for a new fan. So you want excitement and you want unpredictability. So I would say star power. Yeah. I would say yeah. Edmonton, LA or yeah. Dallas, Minnesota. Ooh, old school. Dallas, yeah. I mean, they're, Minnesota. they're we both very more. different series. So if you were brand yeah. new looking in, you'd go, this is mayhem for different reasons. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. part of what makes yeah. compelling playoff series. I might submit Colorado, Seattle, and and only because if you're a new fan, isn't there a natural attachment to a new team? Sure, like like the Seattle Kraken, and then to see Seattle, 
you know, do what they've done to this point of that series against Colorado, which has that star power of Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and Kale McCarr. I mean, go down the list. So uh, first round often is the most entertaining, though, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And I think this one's in that in that conversation. I, I often compare it to the NCAA tournament, the basketball tournament. At the beginning, there's so many games you can't even keep track. There's wild swings all over the place. As the tournament wears on and as the playoffs wear on, it somewhat becomes more manageable and predictable. I love the first right. round when there's multiple games and you're you're watching one and then you check and you're like, what happened over there? Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, I, I think it's just, it's awesome. It's an awesome right. viewing, viewing time. Okay. Last question. Randricks, our good pal, Eddie. Uh-oh. Sean Edwards at Edwards Projects. 80 question mark, Ray, walk, cart, gimmies. Did you putt everything out? Now, Eddie is referencing Ray Ferraro shooting an 80. Yeah during an off day. Yeah, Boston Golf Club. First time there. I shot 80, hit it pretty well, rental clubs. Mm -hmm. We do putt everything out. I mean, unless it's hanging on the lap, right? Yeah, we just scoop it away. Nobody's getting the three-footer. That's for sure. Walk, did we walk? Yep, walked with caddies, so didn't carry my bag. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you a good tipper when it comes to the caddies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you have to be. And and the caddy I had was awesome. So Let's the 18th see. hole at this Boston golf club is a par three and it sits right below the deck. So I guess in the summer, the guys and ladies that are playing, they're all up there on the deck, having lunch and they're betting on whether the guy on the tee hits the green. And so I guess it's a pretty awesome finish. There's this one bunker to the right. It's mm-hmm. quite a ways to the right. And I hit my tee shot, my, you know, my, it's like a six iron. And I hit it into that bunker. And the caddy goes, I've been here six years. I've only seen three balls in that bunker. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, well, there you go. Now you can tell that story. But see, Eddie's a little, Eddie's on my back here because he can play not having played for months. And he plays a great round. Like he comes out of the shoot like that. 77, 76. Eddie's problem is the more he plays, he gets a little snipe. He's a left-hander. They cleared out some trees off the right side of the first tee at our course. And yeah. I did notice some construction. People are putting fencing up because Eddie's going to dive bomb them into their yards <laughs> over there. So that's, that's what he's worried about. Fantastic. All right, let's give away some Randrags hats. Uh, I like the question from Brian, how many career goals? Yes, give up 100%. That's the winner. Eddie gets nothing. Uh, he gets no. nothing. Yeah, you know, maybe there'll be a, a mercy hat well, comes yeah, but I, at some I can just point. hand it to him. Yeah, fair but, enough. But, uh, you know. Uh, okay, what else did we have? We had Ryan Courtney asking what the communication he, is with a bench Okay, you know what's player. cool? The questions we get are really good. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah, think okay, that's, well then. like, people, they want to know what, what happened when you got benched. Off goes the mercy. See, I man. feel it. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not to pat myself on the back because I'm certainly not promoting or, or getting these questions f- thrown our way, but we have dozens of questions. So I hand select them and lots of them are terrific. Well, why don't Very we just have one? Later. Why don't we have one coming up when ask just, yeah, we do just like a, a segment, to. just blow with the questions and 
Yeah. It'll be kind yeah, of fun. Like maybe between series yeah. or something. Okay. All right. Let's do that. All right. So Brian and Ryan getting Rain Dregs merchandise. Fantastic stuff. My head's on a bit of a swivel. I, I don't know that. if you've noticed yeah. here or not. Well, I mean, so it's countertop day here in in you know the kitchen renovation. So my office door. Yeah, but right what are you looking at? Door. You've got nothing to do with it. You don't know how to put the counter on. You didn't select no. the counter. No, well, but again, don't expect the contractors to understand what we do for a living. But my office door is right beside the front. Yeah. So they're banging and crashing and coming through like drags. You know yeah, what? They don't care. They've got a they job and they're finishing it up. You're saying. My job, so important. And they're like, eh, the hell with I you, know. buddy. I got to go put this no. countertop on and it's heavy. And I don't care because I want it to be done and over with. Right. So well, there you go. So let, let the leave, them, leave them to their job. Focus. I will. No I will. swim. I will. Focus. Okay, bud. We're on the way out um, anyway. So what can go wrong now. You're, yeah, you're, you're, you're perilously close to maybe getting home for a day or two. There is a couple don't scenarios I'm here. hoping for, which yeah. all involve. Don't say it getting home so i'm on the devil's ranger series to conclusion yeah and then game one of the second round somewhere and then <laughs> tnt has somewhere's a long way to yeah, go <laughs> tnt has games two and three so after right. game one of whatever second round series we're doing there's a break there's a break there, there. Yeah. so i'm i'm looking forward to that the boys got soccer games i like to ah, you know like to get nice. home for that i i Think Cammy wants to see me, which would be awesome. No. <laughs> so yeah, I would love to get home for a couple of days. So that's that's on the horizon, man. It's on the horizon. Yes, it is. All right, buddy. Well, we'll let you get wrapping oh, on with your day. I should say this, Drakes. I'm off to the wash and fold in New York. Oh. You take the take the laundry in, you drop off a bag. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. All your laundry comes back. However, they fold it, they shrink wrap it. In this plastic, it comes back. It's like the size of your wallet. It is amazing. Oh, I can't wait. It's so exciting. I, I just love laundry. One of the many reasons we get along so well, because you're telling that story. And I'm like, oh, that's so satisfying. It's like taking three deep breaths to relieve stress. And Drake, like I'm thinking about that. I'm like, oh, when I go I to pack that. after this stuff, it's all so small. I'm like, this yeah. is amazing. All I need is one of those portable machines to shrink it all down. It's it's <laughs> outstanding. All right. We'll fire us a picture. We'll post it. Oh, right when I walk in there, you it's mayhem in there. Thing. You don't even know if you get your own clothes back, but you just <laughs> get something back. So It's like a Seinfeld episode, <laughs> right? Where you go for a soup. No soup for you. You got to be nice to these people. Oh, or you're not getting your laundry they're like, folded. It's a machine, tightly. though. Like it's an assembly line. <laughs> Hand the bag in, get a ticket, out you go, and hope you get it back. Oh, I love that. Small victory. Yeah, man. you bet. Away, right? You bet. All right, bud. Well, enjoy that, of course, and travel safe, and we'll reconnect early. Yeah, looking week. forward to game six tomorrow from the garden. Madison Square Garden is one of the best venues there is, and we'll see what the weekend plays out. So hope everybody enjoys the games. Your teams do well, and thanks for listening. Peace out. Thank you to every partner who makes this podcast possible. Our title sponsors, Canadian Club Whiskey, who are asking, are you over beer? Botano.ca, now available in Ontario. Botano reminds us the game starts now. Doer, use code RND Pants, and you will save 15% off everything at Doer.com.
Ca. That's episode six zero, episode sixty of the Raven Drakes Hockey Podcast. Until next week, enjoy the weekend playoff games and stay safe, everybody.